Well, where to begin? What we're doing here this week is a special episode, Grief Interruptus. We wanted to do something different this week because we had something else terrible happen. Last week, Monica and I got some terrible news that uh, one of our classmates from our school, which y'all know that Monica and I went to high school together, but our high school wasn't just a high school. It was actually a K through 12, and it was really small, like 100 kids per class. And they go to school literally from kindergarten through 12th grade. These are not just classmates. These are like the tightest inner circle of our childhood. And last week we lost one of them. (sighs) Our friend Wyatt passed away. Everyone who's involved believes that it was an accident. We want to protect the privacy of him and his family. So we're not going to talk too much about the event. But Wyatt passed away on April 9th, the Friday which was also the same day that I was doing my last day of chemo. So just a red letter day for a lot of reasons. But what we are here to talk about is grief and this experience and how much we loved Wyatt and we want to honor him and we want to dedicate this time that Monica and I spend together every week um, to him this week. And we just didn't want to talk about anything else. And it's worth noting that this is not just a special person who's gone too soon. I mean, Wyatt has, is a, was a very impactful person and was very unique and his family is extremely special to our community and not just to the town of Fort Worth but I mean nationally globally they have done so much philanthropy his dad is an incredible arguably one of the best of all time neurosurgeons he's traveled the world helping people he has personally, he was involved in my care when I was 16. I owe my life to him. This family is so special and we love them so much. And to have them have to go through this is equally as heartbreaking as Wyatt being gone. Yeah. Yeah. Carly and I, um, will be kind of honoring and celebrating his life on different days. Um, I will be in New York with my family, um, during the service, but this past Saturday we had just kind of an informal gathering of friends and family and teachers. And it was, I mean, it was like so beautiful, but like, we just all kept saying like, obviously we don't want to be here because of this. But it just showed, like, how much his family means to all of us, how much our community is so close and interconnected. And 
and just to see all those boys just just broken um but also being able to you know talk about mental health with people you didn't talk to about and Mm -hmm. um or you never talked to that about with and um I just had so many just conversations I mean like I I told someone that uh you know something they did like helped me out of my depression whenever I was dealing with it and I never would have said that and I mean maybe I would have but I don't know they're just a lot of beautiful things coming you connect in, out of in ways dark. that you don't connect yeah. in yeah. in a normal life or in a normal situation. Yeah. And that's special. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. And it was weird. Friday, I, I didn't kind of, I didn't realize how, um, <sighs> I was very fortunate to be with my family when your relapse happened. Because if I wasn't, it would have been just that much harder. And even though it was such a celebratory thing, just like, I guess, like not being there for the end of it when I was there last time just got to me on Friday. And then this happened. Carly's the one that called to tell me. And yeah, it's just been, it's been a freaking hard. We have a lot going on. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. This is another reason why we chose to talk to you guys right now, just because it's not just us. I think everyone everywhere has a lot going on right now. And I don't, I don't mean just busy. I I mean, not only are we starting to re-socialize and our lives are starting to fill back in a way that's beautiful, but really scary and difficult and exhausting. Yeah. So I'll just start with our, the baseline level of stress and trauma (laughs) that we're doing. Right. So the pandemic, and I want to, and I want to recognize that it, I don't want to skip over it because that has been a significantly difficult part of the last few months for me too. Re-socializing has been hard. Our age group in particular has been ta- taking it hard. It it seems like we should be happy. We're getting we're starting to get these things back. I'm starting to see my friends. But it doesn't feel that different. I just feel stressed and tired yeah. and we're still isolated. I mean, I have the I'll have like this hyper social day that's so unusual from the last year and we'll see I'll be with my a big not, I mean, not big. I'm talking like five people, which feels huge. Um, yeah. Of my friends who are vaccinated, get together and we'll hang out all day, and I'll be exhausted. And then that Monday, back to living alone and working in front of my computer for five days of silence, yeah. and we're sort of in and out of this intense um, time in the pandemic and. I want to start there because I think that's the, we're all suffering from that right now. And I've been reading in particular about the heavy, heavy burnout that we're all hitting right now. I know I'm there. Work is not as satisfying. Things feel monotonous. It's, it's, it's a difficult time. Yeah, it is. 
and um, we're still isolated. Yeah. You know, like we're, we'll go see our friends. I'll, you know, I'll spend all Saturday at the park, like I said, and, you know, a few days or the day before Wyatt died, all of his guy friends who live right, right by had come by and been like, let's, we're done with work at four and a little early and we're going to all go to the pool. Like they had just done that, you know, just because you saw your friend last Saturday doesn't mean you shouldn't text them and check in on them today. Yes. And I think that's just the most important reminder for everyone right now. And, and why I wanted to start with the pandemic. Yeah. Is that check on your people. Yeah. This, why it's not even the first person this month, literally two weeks before that, we lost a beautiful, beautiful soul from our church uh, that I grew up in. Um, Her name is Eliana. And it was also an accidental overdose suffering from depression. I'm just really scared for all my people right now. And I, I just, I want them all in the same room and I want to be able to see in and check on them every five seconds. I know. I want to be like Dax who just moves all of his friends next to him. I just yes. want to live in a little neighborhood with all my people. All of you guys are coming. Go knock on the door to every move day. In. Yeah. All of you. So that is really what we yeah. were here to announce. You're all moving in with us. We're all Because we're terrified in. to lose you. Yes. <sighs> So, yeah, it's just an important time to remember that we don't know. You never know what the person next to you is struggling with. And everyone needs a hand right now. Yeah. And this is also just it's taught me to ask for what I need, which is not easy Mm -hmm. for anybody. Um, So my um, my mom had to get um, some stents put in her heart. And she's doing a lot better, but it was really scary. And um, I happened to be working remote that day and cried to my boss over Zoom and didn't want to do that. But I did. And he was so sweet. And he prayed for me and was like, take all the time you need. And then like last night, I tried to deliver this news in our, you know, what do we need prayer for? And I just lost it. And these people, I don't know, I haven't known for that long. And they were so incredibly sweet. And I just feel like God's telling me like, nope, you're going to cry in for these people. You're yeah, going to be vulnerable. You're okay. going to ask for what you need. And like, you're doing, yeah, that's you're just gonna what we're do doing. This. You're going to be yeah. open about this. And I have been going through the same, both Monica and I are pretty inside people when it comes to pain. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't, I, there are a lot of people who are very close to me who could probably say they haven't seen me cry. Unless I've dated you, you've definitely seen me cry. <laughs> <laughs> For some reason, when it's a like boyfriend, I'm that fine with sense. crying like all the time. Yeah, because uh, <laughs> I remember I said that once, and when I was dating my boyfriend from grad school, and he was like, "You literally cry every day." Um, <laughs> but um, for whatever <laughs> reason, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. This this situation has basically given me no choice but to explode all over everyone around me which (laughs) has been strangely beautiful yeah and like Monica said and I got started talking about the pandemic um and went on too far but what she was talking about was these layers of what's going on and the bottom layer is the social anxiety and the pandemic effects that next layer also Monica's mom, um, yeah. who just recently had a great doctor's appointment, just by the way, everybody. 
Yes. 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 Good report. Yes. Yes. Good report. And she um she walked uh, ten thousand steps uh, yesterday or two wow. days ago. That's amazing. Which is like she the most walk she's walked in a long time. I know, right? <laughs> um, and then we have finishing chemo, which sounds like it's a big party day, and and most people do feel that way. Um, but it's also actually terrifying. <laughs> yeah. It's really difficult. It's really scary. The treatment that you know fights your cancer stops. Um, and they just pat you on the back and say bye-bye. And it's very scary. And there's just a lot of emotions wrapped in it. You are happy, you are relieved, and and then you just like walk blindly into this like terrifying precipice of, yeah, of yeah. the unknown. Yeah. Um, particularly for me, it's quite unknown. There, I'm. I don't have a treatment plan. I'm way far past um, a, like where there was protocol or like standardized. This is what we do next. Um, I'm in experiment an, world. An enigma. <laughs> yeah. Um, doctors don't know what to do with me. Don't even get me started on the insurance companies. They don't know what the fuck I am. <laughs> And, um, yeah, it's just, it's a really exciting and really scary time where you're just kind of forced to accept whatever future is about to be handed to you. Um, and yeah, it's, it's difficult. It's the end of something. It's the end of something that, um, is strangely comfortable Mm -hmm. and it's the beginning of something better and more scary. Yeah. And um so that happened and lit- I mean I before I could even process I hadn't even gone back to work from my chemo week um when we found out about Wyatt. So it's been really really difficult to wrap our hearts and our minds around all of these things happening at the same time. It's just so much. And and we just want to talk about it with you guys because, yeah, this is particularly a lot. <laughs> um, but everyone yeah. has their story of what they're mm-hmm. dealing with right now and what layers they have that they're trying to process. And so we just, you know, we've been really open about this topic before and and we signed our name by it and and we want to we want to expose and and uncover and unstigma i guess mm-hmm. grief is normal and we're all having it and and this is what it looks like and this is what it feels like and and hopefully that's there's some comfort and community um in that that turns mm-hmm. our absolute grief at losing Wyatt into something that makes someone else feel less alone. Yeah. And, and yeah, like Monica said, I mean, this has forced us to be a lot more open with people, the people around me. I told this to, uh, one of our other friends from high school who I was talking to. Um, and I just told him, this is the hardest thing in the world and it's okay to just let it rip you to pieces because there's no way out the other side until you do. 
You mm-hmm. just have to let it claw you apart until you feel it for real and you yeah. process it. And you and you experience it and then you put it away and yeah. and you keep walking forwards. And you accept that it it doesn't ever go away. You know, yeah. it's going to be with you, but it's it's how you refine it within you, you know, and how it how it somehow creates light and and beauty. And I live this is me talking to me as well. It's OK to just absolutely fall apart when I found out about Wyatt. I. For the first time in my life, and Monica can can attest, I can carry quite the burden. I've only because they keep making me. <laughs> I don't know who they are. He, I don't know whoever the fuck is sure. up there. <laughs> um, I can handle a lot, and this was the first time that I can honestly say it was too much. Yeah, it was too much for me to feel. And I, the, I just want to voice that because it was like physically too much for my body and yeah. a true and honest reaction and something in me, even in that moment, this is how aggressive my brain and anxiety and the way that we treat ourselves in our own heads can be. Even in that moment, I thought to myself, is this even genuine? Am I being performative? You know, like, it's just so hard to have a fucking raw, cathartic moment as an adult. Mm -hmm. We don't let ourselves, our brains and our bodies do everything to stop us. And so when you're processing something like this, you have to actively choose to let yourself, to give yourself that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I will say I've, I mean, I had the same thoughts and I have way more of a not reason to feel performative but I Carly was was close with Wyatt I was not I I was close with and she means on the gradient of like we all knew him since we were babies right but just in terms of like one to one and as an adult and like one-on-one yeah I didn't fall apart in front of anybody that this affects so so much deeper than me but two people here um and alone I mean this has just wrecked me and I've just Mm -hmm. I keep thinking about you and just his closest circle and just like if this is my pain like I mean yesterday was like I couldn't be alone and not be crying and that's yeah I have was not I was not okay yeah and I just uh again about being more vocal and open and that this has given us these strange opportunities to connect with people and mm-hmm. that we don't usually do. I was just talking to our friend Andrea last night messaging. Um, mm. And a lot of people have been checking on me because yeah. they find out about Wyatt and then they think about our grade and then they land on me and then they remember that I relapse. And then they're like, Oh my God, is Carly okay? going through a lot? Yeah. yeah. And then they probably realize that, Oh man, didn't she go on that trip with Wyatt like a year or two, you know, like there's right. space. All and, then the... I, and then I get these texts that are like, Hey, thinking about you don't know how you're doing it here. You know, just like people being yeah. like, dude, 
your life is so horrible. Are you okay? Yes, literally. <laughs> Remember and, when you thought life was hurling lemons at you? Now they're oh like God. being shot at you I've, with a paintball I'm not, gun. I'm intentionally not saying that again because I've said it so many fucking times this year. Like yeah, made jokes not. about how it keeps getting worse. Ha ha. And I'm, I'm like, it can't. It, this is yeah. my threshold. Yes. We, yes. This is it. And this that's is, what I, and Andrea was kind of like, you know, I can't imagine what's on your plate right now. And I was like, to be honest, it, for the, for a few days there, it was too much. Yeah. Yeah. There's no one can prepare you for what that feels like. And Monica's right. I had my, our families were very close, particularly over the last few years mm-hmm. had gotten really close. And when I went backpacking in Austria, which was already a special trip because we were supposed to go to Austria when I was 16 through a school trip. And then I was diagnosed and I couldn't go. And our sweet friend, Sylvia, who ran the trip when we were in high school, again, close, close family friend, like a second mom. This is how our community is. Um, she looked at me and she was like, I'm, she, it's her home, Meyerhofen, Austria. It's where she's from. It's where they live. It's, or they live there now. Uh, mm-hmm. obviously they lived in Texas when we were there, right. um, <laughs> but, and she looked at me and she was like, I'm getting you to Austria one day, mm. 10 years later or nine years later, uh, we were able to go two years ago and we went with the Donahues. We went with Wyatt and my family and we, um, hiked over the Alps into Italy together. And that's just not, it's not time or memory that you can ever, ever, you, it's priceless. Yeah. 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 We, I mean, we were literally, literally tied together by a rope with our lives (laughs) dependent (laughs) on each other. Yeah. Hiking across sheets of ice and I spent two days of my life knowing that if I slipped or fell, that Wyatt would plant his crampon in the ice and stop me no matter what (laughs) at any moment. So I don't know. That's just a special bond. (laughs) Because, you you know, you wouldn't go ice ice hiking with me. (laughs) (laughs) No, probably not. Not up my alley. (laughs) And not something we should do together. No, definitely not. We can't even ride a bird together. No, Monica and I had a devastating accident on a scooter. Yeah, we we can't even do that. Operate vehicles together. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, what an amazing, amazing trip that was. Endlessly grateful for that time that we had together. Yeah, in the most beautiful place in the world, and and why it was very, very outdoorsy and, and athletic. He loved this earth. (laughs) I mean, he had traveled to some of the most amazing places in the world and had incredible, I mean, he could tell you about cutting off a chicken's head in Costa Rica (laughs) or, you know, fly fishing in South America or peaking on a glacier in Italy he was an incredible lover of adventure and travel and people. I think the other thing that I want to hit on 
before we tell awesome stories about Wyatt, is just mental health awareness. Mm-hmm. We already talk about it a lot. But I mean, I talk about my depression literally endlessly, yeah. obsessively. I love my depression. I love it. Seriously, my closest friend. Um, <laughs> but it is, we are all suffering, whether it's, I mean, no matter what you're going through, you are not alone. Tomorrow matters and you matter. And it's the hardest, hardest thing in the world to keep trying when it doesn't feel like it's going to change. But literally the reason why we're here is to fight that battle. And you are not fighting it by yourself. There's always, always someone to reach out to in the darkness. Just take care of yourselves. Take care of the people that you love. If you're feeling alone, don't sweep it under the rug. It's, there's some, this is, I'm going to say one of the things that someone said to me once that has Mm -hmm. been, that resonated with me on a truly deep level. I was basically, I was so depressed. I couldn't feed myself and I just thought I was lazy. Um, And I, the thing, the thing that resonated with me that my sister said to me actually was Carly, there are some things that you can't fix by sheer force of will. Mm. And I, I know I, I approach so much of my life and the world that way, um, with just sheer grit can conquer anything. And Mm. it can a lot, a lot can get you really far, but there are some things that you just can't conquer with sheer force of will. And depression is one of them. No one is truly alone. And just like I have tattooed on my arm, one of the most important things in the world to me and one of the most beautiful authors of our time, J.R.R. Tolkien. Through the mouth, listeners will know. Through the mouth of Samwise the Brave. There is some good in this world and it is worth fighting for. Mm-hmm. And that's coming from a life, from someone whose life is really, really shitty. <laughs> yeah. There's so much worth fighting for. And that is why we didn't skip this week. And we wanted to show you guys what our grief has looked or I guess were in your ears sounded like yeah um and just know that depression is extremely complicated but the at least not the solution but at least the step towards solution is often simple it's literally telling someone I'm struggling it's literally answering a phone call when you don't want to because you're gonna cry on the phone yep and just telling yeah just tell someone and I I've had friends that really struggle with it on a 
basically daily basis. And the way that I have helped them is we have, we created an, and just this is a practical solution. Like you like, we created a shared note on our phone of, of things that would help her out of it. And it could literally be me just playing a nonsense song on my guitar, which was me just like randomly naming things and it makes her laugh. Or like we could, you know, just, just suggestions when you forget that, like, I don't know what I can do. I'm first of all, I'm going to tell you that I'm struggling and two, we're going to look at this list and we're going to figure out Mm -hmm. what can keep you moving today. Yeah. And it's, and it's a, it's a day by day thing. It's an hour by hour thing. Yeah. It's, and it comes down to those little decisions of, Hey, I'm not going to ignore this text. I'm just, yeah. Yeah. And, and I was learning to like, just sit with yourself and figure out what you need. Like I had a friend Mm -hmm. to offer to come over and just sit with me. And first, I mean, I was already in bed, so that was probably (laughs) going to happen, but I was like, do you need that? And I was like, no. And I told her, I go, you know what? I just needed to know that you would do that. Yes. I love that. Yeah. That is so, so often what we need. I am the same way. I'm like, I don't, I don't actually, I don't think I really want someone to go out of their way for me. I just, I just need to know you're there. Yeah. And that you would. Uh, We also want to tell awesome stories about Wyatt and. um, I'm getting my blanket. Yeah. Yeah. I have not left. I've been wrapped in a blanket for seven days. (laughs) Um, Which also made me realize that a true fact of life is that no matter how nice the blanket and how hard I try, I cannot, cannot keep a blanket from becoming a dog blanket. Nope. It's not possible. I'm sure you can't. Nope. It's not possible. Gino's always there for you. She probably yes, knows she is. Mm. Yeah. Yes, she does. Um, last <laughs> week, too well. she ate the drywall and has been oh. eating it every time. Yeah. My anxiety okay. has been rubbing off. <laughs> oh. Yeah. She had like a horrible. It's genetic. <laughs> yeah. No, actually. Um, yeah. She got into the drywall uh, by my bed. There was literally like a foot of rubble. And my mom cleaned it all up. No. Another blessing, uh, like Monica was saying, uh, oh, yeah. that she was so lucky to be with her family when she found out about her relapse. I about your relapse, <laughs> about my relapse. That was, Oops, sweet. That was me <laughs> that did that. Freudian. Um, <laughs> whoops. I <laughs> uh, I am so 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 lucky that my mom was in town. She was in town still from chemo, right? And she was supposed to leave that day, and we found out that morning, and my mom was there. My mom loves him, loves that family. And to be with some, there was, that was exactly who I needed to be with. Yeah. That, that I can now pretty easily label as the most difficult few days of my entire life. Yeah. I mean, we can't talk about this without me voicing the, my, my grief that I'm still fucking here and people like Wyatt are gone. I mean, it's ununderstandable. It is. It's inherently not understandable. Yeah. And, you know, my brain immediately starts 
asking, what am I doing here? What is my purpose? Why do I have cancer again? Why is it? Why doesn't, why, why why isn't, why it's still here? There's just so much to ask. And what I ended up settling on is again, one of my favorite lines from Gilmore Girls and of all time. Rory says, there are some things that just can't be analyzed. Hmm. And I don't know why it just, it just really, I'm very analytical and it's hard for me to turn off. And this can't be analyzed. I don't know what I'm, (laughs) I don't know what I'm doing here. (laughs) I don't know, but I've had a lot of questions lately and yeah, I've settled with some things just can't be analyzed and I have come to value the present, this moment right now Mm -hmm. and the people that got us there. Yeah. And that brings me joy and comfort, mm-hmm. but I'm happy to be here. I'm happy you're here too. And I'm going to try to affect people positively. Yeah. Um, and that's all I got for that. Thank you. But either way, you're stuck with us. You are. And yeah, we want to tell you about Wyatt. Yeah. Um, okay. One of the other reasons that why it was a little more special to me is that I was pretty deeply in love with him for most of my life. Yeah. Let's, let's, you know, and I think it's worth noting. Oh, and his mom and I, his parents are aware and we talk about it all the time. Yeah. Yep. I, um, Carly, I didn't tell you this. I mean, you probably, you're like, yeah, I'm sure you said that, but literally like a month ago, I told someone, I hope y'all get married. Oh my God. I know. That's so sweet. I know. Yeah. And uh, he was always, you know, he was always single. I was always still single. And I was like, I don't know, maybe we'll find our way around to each other. Yeah. Um, yeah. Always had a special place in my heart for him and always will. But he was very cute, very handsome. Very, but when I yeah. first, I think I want to start at the beginning of my memories of Wyatt, which was sixth Please. grade when I first came to TVS yes, and immediately had a big crush on him. And so that Monica and I could discuss him, uh, we had to come up with a code name. Do you remember what it was? Wait, I thought this was Ty's code name, Potatoes. There was one for Ty and there was one for Wyatt. I don't remember Wyatt's. It was Parmesan cheese. No! I forgot. <laughs> he was really blonde and had really light skin. Um, yeah. And so we called him Parmesan Cheese It. Parmesan Cheese It. So that we could uh, discuss our my, our my plans to woo him yes. unsuccessfully. I know. I always, I don't think I've ever successfully set up anybody. I always tried to. <laughs> well, I do want to shout out oh, our. I set up you and Cody. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, that's true. Yeah, that's right. By the way, we are. fame. Yes, that was uh, one of our little boys from the acting uh, <laughs> club we were in. One of our little boys. Our little boys, who we are having on the show. He was hot um, in 12. Yeah, he was hot in 12. <laughs> yeah, baby. <sighs> um, but yeah, that was in sixth grade. I, Oh, I wanted to shout out our friend Fisk, who 
was the person who, after I retired Monica um, as my matchmaker. <laughs> she fired me. Due to her unsuccesses. It's like um, Ann Perkins, maybe your <laughs> campaign manager. She's just not working. She's like, thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, all through high school, I was always bugging um, our friend Fisk to set us up, figure out if he liked me, get him, right. make sure that he was the one asking me to homecoming, which we did attend many, many dances together. Um all right, I found y'all's freshman photo. Oh, that one's really that sweet. I was gonna show you. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I've it's I've saved stunning. a couple photos and that was fun. Yeah. We all went to the um to the one and only Deb Ball I'll probably ever attend. Yeah, same. But it was I'm glad very I've fun. I've been to one, but I don't yeah. ever want to go to one again. Yes, yes. But I I just kind of I kept being like, why are we here? <laughs> I was I like, I'm having fun, but like, what is this? But like, what, why, what is this? Why party? do I have a, why do I have an assigned date? Like, yeah, so debutante balls. Uh, yeah. We just slipped right in like Deb ball. Like that's something Deb that. Deb balling out. Um, in the South, we attend debutante balls. But anyways, they like assign you a partner. But if you know yeah. the person whose party it is, you like have some sway. Right. Um, I know. I mean, I got, I got paired with um, shout out Will. I was very excited. Oh, yeah. What a great yeah. guy. And his but, mom is awesome. <laughs> for sure. I feel like I talked to her a little more than Will, but that's fine. <laughs> Jules. I know. Um, she's, she's too cool. She is. But yeah, oh, Wyatt and I attended a lot of dances together because, again, and I said this to my family the other day, we were kind of the, we were both the, quote, perpetually single and a little mm. rough around the edges. We were yeah. just both those people. Y'all were, yeah, y'all were like um, kindred souls. We were. In a way. Yeah. Yeah. We were both yeah. kind of like old souls would always be at the adults table, just yep. like talking, whatever. Just like he talking. was a, a great conversationalist. And obviously, y'all know I love <laughs> to <know>. talk. <laughs> <laughs> and was so sneakily hilarious. Like, oh, he, yeah. he's one of those people that like is so subtle and like you wouldn't know he's like him as the funny guy. But then you hear him talking, you're like, what the hell? Why is so funny? Like, yeah. you just you would forget that about him because he was. He was a little rough around the yeah. edges, a little quiet. Yeah. yeah. And he was shy, too. Yeah, yeah. Wyatt never did anything for, like, any selfish reason ever. And it was yes. the same for his humor. Like, it would just kind of slip out of his mouth, and you and you would hear it and, and just laugh. Um, yeah. Yeah. He also, and you might not know this really about him, but he also would very frequently um, take homeless people out for dinner. Like what? often, uh, just by himself. Uh, on one of his trips, one time the guy didn't—I I don't know what happened—for whatever reason, didn't have boots, or maybe it was someone. He took his own boots off and handed them to him. God. Um, yeah, that was just—I mean, his his mom said even just like the other day, uh, he—they were talking on the phone, and he was like, "Oh yeah, sorry, I was going to call earlier, but ran into these." guys on the street just bought him some dinner and was you know, like he was just e extremely selfless yeah. and nothing he did was performative that's his his subtlety like with his humor and then with his selflessness like I I knew that he would you know do anything for his friends I like the first thing I told Carly was I just keep thinking about all the hot sauces he was sending her during chemo oh my gosh makes yes. my heart so warm he was but, like aggressively sending me like yes. anything from Gifts. Texas, uh, when I, when I relapsed, um, like salsas and Dr. Pepper and just like stuff from home. 
So I knew those things, but I'm just like that. And like, I just learned so many things this weekend of stuff that he did that no one ever knew about, like just completely just did it because he was a great person. He just truly, truly loved people and wanted to help them. And was just very, very giving. He carried half of half of my weight up and down those mountains in his pack because (laughs) I brought too much fucking shit. (laughs) And he didn't make fun of me when everyone else made fun of me for bringing not just one, but two, not just books, but enormous Harry Potter books in the pack I was about to carry on my back for five days. Um, That's a very, it's very roaring. This is is a pretty good story, actually. We were like five miles up the path, beginning this like multi-day trek. This is in Austria. And um, our friend, uh, Sylvia, who was leading the trip, was like, Carly, your pack is so freaking heavy. This, (laughs) you're not going to make it to the top. And I was like, I'm fine. I like brought my fucking yoga mat. (laughs) And uh, we stopped for lunch at this like little hut on a cow farm. That's a thing in Austria. Sure. And yeah, they just give you like free cider. It's beautiful. It's paradise. Yeah. And so she was like, we're going through your bag and I'm going to, she was going to pack stuff down because she wasn't going on the whole trip with us. And she was going to take all of the stuff out of my bag. So she makes a hilariously public scene of making fun of all the stuff that I brought. Yeah. It was embarrassing. And no one let me live it down the entire trip. Wyatt, not a word. Not a word. He didn't care. (sighs) He also didn't care, although he did mention it kind of subtly uh, (laughs) once, like on the third day. I was like, we're we're sleeping in these tiny little hostels. And one of of them one night was like all wooden floor to ceiling. We were in this, it was like we were in a sauna. It looked like this tiny sauna with two bunk, just enough room for two bunk beds. And that's all. My dad, his dad, and me and Wyatt in, oh it was gosh. like a six by six, six foot by six foot room. Wow. I'm serious. Wow, wow. And um, the heat, it was like a hundred degrees in there and we couldn't oh, figure good. out how to fix it. The window wouldn't open. Um, so we just sat in there. No one slept. We baked and sweat. <laughs> and um, my, I was listening to- And he to, literally became a Parmesan cheese it that night. Oh my gosh. Yes. Just yeah. a little toasted he transformed. Yeah, and then I, later after that, I had been listening. I listened to Jim Dale like all over Austria. If you my, don't know who that headphones. is, he um, is, uh, speaks all the Harry Potter books. He records them all on tape. There <laughs> the audio books for yes. Harry Potter are done by Jim Dale. Yes. And I had them in my ears for all of Austria. And one time after that night, I was like, oh my gosh, yeah, I was just blasting my audio book. And he just kind of subtly looks away and he was like, the Harry Potter, I know. <laughs> Like, because they, he apparently could, I bet he could hear hear it it every day, every night, that entire trip and never said anything. And nary Um, a peep. And nary a peep. So, um, Wyatt, one of the few people on the earth, including Monica, who truly know how much I listen to Harry Potter. Yes. Yes. (laughs) And never teased me. To tease you. Carla used to go, um... I, I'm this way now with podcasts and she is too. And then music too. Like, I don't like to, silence. I always have something playing TV on movie, you know, Same. Um, for a very long time. That was Jim Dale for Carly. And it would like, she'd be like, oh, I forgot my backpack. She'd go into her room. 
she'd turn on Jim Dale and he'd be like, and Harry was going to the, and then it would turn off and then she'd be like, okay, I'm ready. <laughs> like, even if it was for like yeah. two seconds. I still fall asleep to it every night. Oh, I love it. Love and it. hike with it. Yep. I love it. Yep. Um, and make another, love to it. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, I mean, I've left it on before. I'm like, oh, was that like, really yeah. effed up that I just did that? <laughs> um, another fun story that I don't, I don't know even if our parents who were there, if we even like told it, we were too hungover the next day to talk about our night. But we were down back in the town after we had done our big summit. And... I was in the hotel room, in my hotel room doing nothing. And it was like 11 p.m. And Wyatt texts me and he was like, I'm at the, there was a bar down the street by the river. And he was like, I'm down by the river and ordered a bottle of wine and I'm by myself. I've made a like, huge mistake. Like, come help me. And I was like, all right. Yeah, um, what a proposition. Yeah, I was like, I'm like, okay. Oh, sure. Oh, twist my arm. Great. <laughs> twist my um, cork. <laughs> Sorry. Um, anyways, so, uh, I met him and we proceeded to get slobbering drunk. We both enjoyed drinking together. I'm yes. very glad I wasn't sober during that trip because we had a really fun time. Um, <laughs> and we were the only like quote unquote kids. I mean, we we're 25, but, uh, it was a, our parents on the trip. And right, so right. we were the ones who were like morning beer. Okay. <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> And so we had fun. And that night we went into this club and we, and this is why, like, he loved people. He was like, our goal tonight, like, we're going to make friends. We're going to meet locals and we're going to make friends. And so we got really drunk and we talked to everyone in that bar <laughs> and they were all so stuck up. They hated no. us. Oh. We were not popular. We did our best. All yes. We laughed, I mean, for hours afterwards thinking of that night just the fail like, yeah of the fail we would like scoot up to the people in the bench it was like a big bar with big picnic bench type tables so we'd like scoot up to people and be like we're traveling what's up just like I mean <laughs> we we're trying to be annoying tourists we like genuinely just like wanted to have a good time and talk to people right. and everyone hated us and <sighs> we were like why can't we make friends and right. we ended we're up just people. having like a super fun night that reminds me of um I'm glad that we've we've had some fun times together before your sobriety as well. <laughs> um, when we went to Bonnaroo for the first time and we're like, are we doing this right? And you're like, Monica, we just need to get really drunk and make a lot of friends. And I was like, okay. And I remember like <laughs> starting to drink and then like what felt like 10 minutes later, we were surrounded by people. <laughs> like, I was like, how did, Works how like did this charm. happen? Yep. <laughs> oh my gosh. <sighs> Ugh, amazing. Uh, Speaking of drinking, uh, yeah. Wyatt and I went to, it was some Canwick dance, I think. Sure. Oh, I think y'all, did y'all go to the, the GI Joe Yeah, we Barbie definitely went one? to, yeah. I remember and that. I, we, were, we were at the same house for that. Yeah. <laughs> ooh, I dressed like a salute. <laughs> it was while I was in treatment and I remember definitely trying, like overcompensating, trying to make sure, sure. it was like looked normal and hot, like a 16 year old girl. Yeah. Hot and 16. Hot and 16. Um, <laughs> but we went to some Canwick together and it was not the dance. It was not like a big deal. Yeah. Um, and there was a party afterwards. And I remember everyone or the Canwick dances, everyone got would get really drunk because they were not school sanctioned 
dances so you could like sneak in booze or whatever yeah no, right. no breathalyzer yes. um so ev- everyone like would party at those ones and i just remember the whole after party uh, why i had passed out pretty early on the bathroom floor <laughs> sure <laughs> and was doing a little toilet hugging and everyone literally all night was poking fun at me just being like carly where's your date where's your date and then they'd just like throw up in the bathroom door because he was just like laying on <laughs> oh, so proud of him oh that's amazing <laughs> uh, the story that i keep thinking of which is really more of a story about my dad's obliviousness but it involves <laughs> wyatt and it's just the story i keep thinking of and it's one of the first when I like went up to quarantine with my family and we were like so excited to be together and just drinking wine. This was the story I told and we were all dying laughing when we were 15. Um, we were all going to the movies together and I think Wyatt was the only one that had just his permit, not even like his license. And even when you had your license, you could only drive one person. There's all those, you know, um, but Gerald's mom was with us and she was like, Wyatt, do you want to drive us all to the movies? And he was like, yeah, and you know, yeah, little he was older for our grade. He was the, yes. the oldest in our grade, maybe. I think so, yeah. Um, and you know, little goody two shoes me. I think Meredith were like, oh, he's gonna try us. Like, oh. <laughs> and I remember he like he um like it was kind of kind of scary. <laughs> like we were on the highway and he was like trying to get over and like he didn't really know how to get over yet because we we're probably going to like to the rave or something. I'm sure. And he also didn't have any sunglasses, so he wore Gerald's mom's sunglasses. <laughs> oh <my laughs> ridiculous. God. But all this is to say, like, that was one of the, like, scandalous things I did in high school, I guess, or early on. And I was at lunch with Emily and probably Meredith and my dad. And I was like, y'all, like, don't spill the beans. Like, why I drove to the movies. Like, that's, that's, they're not gonna let me hang out with them or whatever. (laughs) And so Emily was like, beat a little brat and like kept subtly implying it. And I was like, stop it, stop it, whatever. I look at my dad straight in the face and I go, dad, Wyatt drove us to the movies the other day. And he just looks at me and goes, you got a little booger right there. Kept eating. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no Sam, processing God at all. Like him. literally not even like subtlety, like looked like, at him hmm. and confessed something. Also, I feel like we didn't linger long enough on the image of Wyatt dri- driving a suburban filled with children while wearing mom sunglasses. <laughs> I know. I, I like That's have that amazing. memory very clearly in my head oh my gosh and the other memory I keep thinking out of is um of Dr. Donahue actually when we um we all went to Jamaica for spring break um a big group of us and it was the first time Monica got drunk and we were all on the dance floor and and just very it was kind of funny though like it it could have been like trashy but all of our parents were there so we were just like swing dancing crazily with all yeah, the guys like we were just like, like actually having just, a blast <laughs> yes and it was so fun and I was like in the restaurant afterwards I was like y'all Dr. Donahue punched me in the face on the dance floor <laughs> and we're almost like go home you're drunk like <laughs> and and this is like the first time you've ever drank so like we don't trust your <laughs> you know whatever <laughs> and so then like weeks later my mom gets an email from one Mrs. Donahue and says, hey, like, we had so much fun with y'all. Like, um, you know, we should hang out more. Also, Dr. Donahue apologizes to Monica <laughs> for hitting her in the face on the dance floor. And I was like, proof. Oh my God. That is the best <laughs> Angie and Dave thing I've ever heard. Um, I know. They're the best. Yeah. Wyatt's parents are also amazing. And his dad is quite a character as well. Yes. As an accomplished surgeon. Yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I remember us talking about 
the guys or whatever all the time like we would and yeah. just been like oh well of course Wyatt would always be the nicest and like because of his parents beautiful relationship and what they taught him and yeah. the way that he viewed people I mean those boys were silly they were very silly boys very silly boys very <laughs> silly boys <laughs> and they were also little shits yeah and Wyatt never was he was he was loved is loved by so, yeah. so many people. And we love him a lot and we love his family a lot. And we love y'all and we just, yeah, we just wanted to take, I mean, first of all, again, like we said, we're just not in a place to do one, a normal episode. And, and mm-hmm. even if we were, we didn't want to, we wanted to hold this space for Wyatt and his family and in our community and just what we're going through. And, um, you know, we've, <laughs> we've been vulnerable with you since the beginning. I think maybe this is yeah. the most vulnerable we've been. And, um, yeah, we just, we want to keep doing that and make yeah. this continue to make this podcast about more than, you know, what it set out to be. And I think the most we can do is use this space and this time this week to, continue that conversation and to continue to open up and normalize the conversation about grief. We all carry it with us forever and it doesn't go away. It just changes and morphs and evolves. And we should always be sitting down and looking at it and analyzing it and feeling it and understanding it. And most importantly, talking about it so that someone else can feel less alone. That's it. And something else I've said this week is I, I'm learning, like, you can't give yourself a deadline with grief. Like, yeah, I, I thought like, oh, by Monday, I think I'll be, I'll be good, good to go. <laughs> and Monday I fell apart like five times. So mm-hmm. you just can't just give yourself grace and yeah, feel it. And forgive yourself for whatever expectation you set that you feel that you fell short of. Mm -hmm. I think I said to one of our friends, no one can truly prepare you for what it feels like to look down the barrel of true loss. Mm. But just don't forget to reach out to the hand that's next to you. Mm. Because it's there. I'm going to now get that tattooed on my arm. Oh, I could read the little thing that I wrote to wrap us up. Yeah. I was trying to think of how to end it. That's perfect. Um, Okay. I'm going to read. I just wrote right after um, I found out, like, I just couldn't occupy space. And um, so I just looked at my mom and I just said, let's go to Whole Foods and let's go buy flowers. Let's just go do that. Yeah. So we just drove at like nine in the morning to Whole Foods and, uh, bought flowers and I bought a candle and I also bought this little dinosaur whose facial expression reminded me of Wyatt and it has a little plant in its back. Um, it's like a little stegosaurus guy. Um, and it just reminded me of Wyatt carrying my pack (laughs) And my weight yeah. um, and really everyone and the people around him 
that he loved. And um, the other day I was just looking at it in my windowsill, kind of feeling connected to them and wrote a little thing. My Wyatt flowers rubbed their sleepy eyes awake and began today. A silent protector stands quiet watch over them, strong and sentinel. For what he looks on, he sees beauty in. That's it. Mm-hmm. What he saw in the world, he really, really loved and valued. We love you guys. We love you guys. And we will be back with our beloved Friday Night Lights, bringing us joy and comfort. So, so soon. So soon. Yeah, please reach out to us if you need us. If you couldn't tell that we want you to reach out to us. But I still just want to say that at the end here. Um, We love you guys and just, yeah. Hang in there. Love you. Bye, (laughs) y'all.